When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Cleveland Browniacs, a show where two moderately intelligent guys attempt to make sense of the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browniacs podcast is a part of the Fanatical Elves podcast network, a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Here are your hosts, Elliot Kennel and Joel Cade. Take it, All Jay. right. Welcome to another version of the Cleveland Browniacs. This is where me with my podcast, What the Elf Was That, and Elliot, who does the Oracle. Is it called the Oracle or the Oracle Speaks? The Oracle Speaks. The Oracle Speaks does his podcast, and we get together because we normally don't agree on things and hash it out. So check out What the Elf Was That. Check out the Oracle Speaks, and then you can come listen to us argue this stuff out. It's like um, an all-star game, right? You get the best together. What, what yeah. could be better? It's the all-star lineup. I take a, a kind of coach's kind of player perspective, and you take more of a analytic perspective, and we just go at it. Although at times I take analytics, and times you take more of a coaching situation. But hey, first up today, we're going to talk about who plays quarterback this week against the Rams. So here's what our options are. Right now, DTR is in uh, concussion protocol from what Mark Sanchez called a completely legal hit. Um, I would love to hit Mark Sanchez completely legally, but I'm not sure he's going to let me do that. Mm. But if you saw him on the broadcast, he looked like he's been hit legally. Three well, or four I, times. I think I think what he what Mark Sanchez meant was possibly uh, that he wasn't the the fender was not leading with his helmet. Is that what he meant? I don't know. He he was certainly himself, late. He was a late hit in the air after the ball was thrown. After the ball was thrown. He jumps into the air and hits DTR in the helmet. Yeah. Well, no, I didn't see that. I saw him. I didn't see him lead with his helmet. I did see that. No, he hits him in the helmet. He hits him in the helmet with his shoulder pad, which bloodies his lip. But okay. he's clearly going for a chin shot, which is not ethical or moral. Um, specifically, it was like, in my opinion, completely illegal because he went after his head. It, just because he didn't go after his head with his own head. He went after DTR's head with yeah. a shoulder pad. I think I'm not sure exactly what the rules are, but you're not allowed to do helmet to helmet contact, nor are you allowed to lower your head and spear the guy with your helmet. I like think they did to uh, Amari Cooper. Um, yeah, like that. Okay. But I, I think um, you can't. Uh, yeah. So I think what um, what uh, you know, I didn't. I was not. Uh, and I was at Brown's backers where the noise is too loud and I didn't really want to listen to Mark Sanchez anyway. But I think what I would say about it is that the the hit didn't constitute an automatic uh, penalty. Was there a penalty thrown on the – There was a penalty thrown on the play. Okay. And the penalty was – was, was, uh, What was the penalty? Was it Luffing a late the passer? 
roughing the passer, which, which is literally what happened. He roughed the passer. Okay. And not only did he didn't just like hit him after it was over, he ran up, launched himself into the air, and you know, put and his shoulder laid. pad into his helmet. Okay. Well, so it was illegal and it was penalized. But, you know, did it merit like a fine or a suspension? Yes. And was a fine, he at least. Suspension, you got to do two or three of those. But yeah, well, I think what you have to do to get fined or suspended, that's what I'm saying, is that you have to actually lead with your helmet uh, or make helmet to helmet contact. People don't get suspended for that. They get suspended for doing that multiple times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but those are the the types of uh, offense. I mean, he should should definitely get fined for this because it was not necessary by any stretch of the imagination. You might get him on the fact that it was overly violent. It was after the whistle had blown. Yeah, I can understand that. And and he took the time, and DTR jumped to throw over him, and he jumped into the air to hit him in the head. Like this is this is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. I mean this this is a team coached by a guy who was suspended for a year for paying his players to hit people and hurt people. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, you you are absolutely right about that. They play defense to hurt people in New Orleans, that's for sure. Um, do the rules allow you to do that? Yes, they do. Well, then they're dumb rules. Well, they are. <laughs> they're dumb rules. But anyway, that leaves us with the question, who plays quarterback? Because Deshaun mm. Watson's injured. He's not playing. Victorian Thompson Robinson's injured, and I don't think we've ever in the NFL seen a player go into concussion protocol and play the next week. So oh, no, you're probably you can, looking at you can, you can play the next week. That has happened. Well, but I don't think be, it's happening in this case. I think it was a very severe hit. Yeah, um, I mean, he looked like he was woozy getting up. It would be very surprising to see him. I believe he has been ruled out. I think that's what I heard. Um, probably ruled out now. Today, I believe they said that they've ruled him out. That leaves, going into the situation, two quarterbacks that could possibly play the game, which is P.J. Walker or Mr. Joe Flacco himself. So, I don't know, Elliot. What what do you think is going to happen? Well, I question whether the Browns actually have two quarterbacks. Um, we don't really know what we've got in Joe Flacco. I think given time to achieve proper conditioning and timing, Joe proved last year against the Browns that he can throw for 300 yards and he's still a good quarterback, uh, whether or not he's able to uh, remain injury free or whether he's injury prone. We don't know about that. We don't know what kind of shape he's in. If you look on Twitter, the videos that we've seen are just him playing soft toss with Brown's receiver. He's not really running around or doing very much. It's just really playing catch. The Browns did not, did not audition anybody else. Just one audition and then they made a yes or no decision. Of course you say yes. Uh, but there was no other choice. There is no other choice. I don't know whether he's ready to be a backup quarterback. The Browns may really have only one uh, option. And if if Flacco comes into the game, I'm not sure whether he's actually able to play um, anything like a full game. Maybe he can play a quarter or something like that. I don't know. 
you know, getting in shape and being in shape and being in playing shape are two different things. This is why you go to training camp, right? You you work out all summer, then you go to training camp to get in football shape. This is why you have preseason games. So the Browns can throw P.J. Walker out there, and we know what that is, and that gets into our other discussion of play calling later. But they also could throw Joe Flacco out there, and we really don't know what that looks like. Is he in playing shape? I'm guessing right now he's not in playing shape, which means you would probably be rotating P.J. Walker and Joe Flacco if Joe Ooh. Flacco is your primary person going out there to play quarterback. Um, it's a dilemma. It's it's do I put in this crappy player or do I put in this crappy player? Neither one of these players, I believe, were on the roster at the at the beginning of training camp. Well, uh, PJ was in training camp, but not for the Browns. He did go through a training camp. He's in shape. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that wasn't my point. The point was, who knows the offense? I don't know whether um, Joe was playing golf or football uh, in the summertime. I don't know. Um, it might have been that it was his plan to say that, you know, I'm not sure I've got 17 games in me. But I think what I'm going to do is get in the best shape I can and then wait for the phone to ring in like uh, November and maybe I'll catch on with the team and be able to be a backup and then become a starter. Maybe there'll be an opportunity for me. That would be a good plan for a veteran you know, to skip the uh, training camp games in the early season, just play half a year. I'm not sure if that was his plan. Or whether he said, okay, I'm going to be retired and then changed his mind. Um, I hope it's the former, that this was part of a master plan to play half a season, uh, you know, you know, prolong his career life, in other words. Or whether he just changed his mind about being retired. And Brown's I don't know. If you... If you uh want to sign me to a veteran minimum i guess i'm ready to go you know i mean you're making 20 30 grand a game you do that for about eight games or sitting on the bench you're doing pretty good i mean i'm sure his contract has escalators i'm not sure what his contract details look like you could probably look that up real quick but i mean they can't be paying him a whole lot and the jets weren't going to keep him because they had aaron Rodgers and their number one overall draft pick um Whatever his name is, it can't play. Well, the Jets are beyond stupid. We're not yes. going to use them as a good example, but once again, but still, you can't have three veteran quarterbacks on your on on your roster. Oh yeah, Joe you Flacco. Can. You can. The Pittsburgh okay. Steelers do that. Have done that's that because for they years. got. That's because they got their guys, but <clears throat> you can't pay three quarterbacks at the same time. That's what I'm saying. Somebody's got to be on a veteran minimum. Well, of course you can't. Well, yeah, okay, there you go. They they are on a minimum, um, and. P.J. Walker is on a minimum. I don't know mm-hmm. what Flacco is. You can't on. pay twenty million to one, five million to another, and but ten there million are, to a third. There are, excuse me, there are a lot of quarterbacks that you can obtain that are at the minimum or close to it. And uh, you know, I can name a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are there are not that many options available that are familiar with the Stefanski playbook at this point, but there are a well, few. Flacco was. Flacco was? Yeah, he played Flacco. in that offense in New York. That's the, the offense they run at the Jets. Well, okay, but he didn't. Straight out of that Shanahan system. Okay, but he didn't play for Stefanski. Um, no, but the offensive, the basic offensive similar, system is what it is. Similar. 
right? But, what what uh, Flacco needs to learn is how the 2023 Cleveland Browns are running that specific offense. That's what he needs time for. And he needs time to get into football playing shape. He needs to go out there and throw the ball, run around a little bit, things like that, which means we're probably looking at PJ Walker this week, which is a disaster. Now, if you can just get him to go out there and like keep the ball moving, you'll be okay. But to do that, you're going to have to run the football. Yes. Well, PJ, let us not forget, beat San Francisco. If you can beat San Francisco, um, you should be able to beat just about anybody. So I, th- I no. think I give him a puncher's chance. And, uh, you know, I think if we're going to do stuff like panic and run trick plays every five plays, then no, we're not going to win. Well, you know what? That brings up to us, us up to our next topic. So why don't we go to our break? All right. And we'll come back it. and we'll talk about play calling. All right, everybody, hang on. After the break, we will get into Kevin Stefanski and play calling, which will probably be your most favorite segment of the day. Hang on. And we're back, and Elliot looks like he's ready to go. We're going to fight this one out. All right, Elliot, give me your spill on Kevin Stefanski's play calling. My standard spill, which I've said since the beginning of the season – the Browns have an excellent defense. Actually, I'm not sure if they're still excellent after all the injuries. Um, the offense is not so excellent. I think it's kind of rags. Um, but you can win ugly football games with a great defense. You do not, 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 not need a franchise quarterback to win at football if you've got a very good defense. But what you will have to do is win the battle of the turnovers, which means avoiding turnovers on the offensive side of the ball. And that means mm-hmm. playing very conservatively. But even if you just do uh, one or two first downs and then you have to punt the ball, that can be a good thing because at yep. least you give your defense a chance to rest. Uh, you don't have to throw the ball all over the ball yard and make fantastic trick plays and stuff. And, you know, what the Browns did, you know, turning the ball over at the first opportunity uh, for DTR showed, number one, that they have no confidence in DTR. They did not believe that he should hand the ball off. And they said, oh, man, um, you know, we're going up against eight, nine men in the box and we just can't run the ball and we don't trust you to pass the ball under those conditions either. So we're going to run a trick play. You're talking about P.J. Walker or DTR? That's, no, I'm talking about, yeah, did I say DTR? I meant P.J. Yeah, Walker. Because this PJ, sounds like P.J. Walker. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. Yeah, when P.J. <laughs> yeah, when PJ came into the game after uh, DTR got injured, mm-hmm. they showed that they have no confidence in him. And right. uh, they wouldn't let him throw, and they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't let the running game do its thing either. Yeah, and I think this is where Stefanski, if if there's something to say about his play calling, this is where he gets himself in trouble. Okay, when he's got a quarterback he doesn't think can win the football game, and he feels like to give the team the chance, he has to, as a play caller, give them extraordinary situations to Mm -hmm. be successful. So it's like Stefanski says, okay, I don't have an offense that can score points or keep first downs going. Therefore, I have to, as a play caller, manufacture plays 
that keeps the game going because the players are inadequate. And that is not how you coach or call plays. Okay. I kind of said this on, on um, what the elf was that, right? Players get first downs. Players make stops. Players kick field goals. Players block field goals. Players will win and lose a football game. Coaches coach those players to play and then put them on the field. Coaches call plays, right? Play calls can hurt you or help you, but not as much as I think Stefanski thinks that his play calling can help, okay? He he sees a situation that's in dire straits, so he's like, okay, I'm going to have to play call our way out of this. Yeah. And, and when he starts that stuff up, then you're kind of trying to take the offense on his own back when coaches don't run the offense. Coaches call plays. So you can't call plays that players can't execute or haven't practiced. The mm-hmm. sin of all sins that a coach can do is call a play that a team has not practiced. Okay? Yes, and that's absolutely. literally what they did with P.J. Walker. It's, yes. He probably yeah, had no reps for that particular play all season or all week. Okay. But then they're going to call that play and they're going to have him take the reps. And there's question about whether strong had any reps in that play. The he whole had week no reps not. in the game. That's for sure. No carries. That you that's can't, you can't come out in the first play you're in or the first time you've run a play live is in the middle of a game. And that's what that looked like. Cause he's trying to toss this thing up to somebody and what what the heck? What the elf, man? <laughs> well, yeah, you said it very well. What the elf? And by the way, everybody watch that show uh, every day. It's a great show. Well, not every day, it's every week. Um, the yeah, no, I thought that was that's exactly right. And uh, our uh, young colleague Sam Addison said it looked like desperate football, and the Browns got desperate even when they were almost tied. Um, could have been tied Mm -hmm. and they just felt that they had to take desperate chances. And, you know, I felt like they, they were in awe of the uh, defense, you know, that they couldn't compete with normal running plays and short passes. And I think that PJ can execute a simple game plan, a conservative game plan. Uh, He can go up against, an eight man front and pass effectively. I believe that. Mm-hmm. And um, he may not be the greatest quarterback in the world, but he's not a complete incompetent either. Right. And you've got PJ. The thing with PJ Walker is that he's got some speed about him, you know, line him up like Lamar Jackson and run read options with him. Yes. You know, let yeah. Let him do that. Really, yeah. Not he's not that. really fast, fast, but he is mobile. He is enough that if you give him an alley, he can hurt you. Mm-hmm. So that that would require someone to stay back and and watch for him. That evens up the box. See, the whole point of a zone play is to take one defender out of the play by shifting everyone to the right, leaving the far left defender on the line of scrimmage unblocked. You take him out of the play. Okay, that's the theme. That's the scheme behind it. Now, if you're Jerome Ford before two weeks ago, you kind of let that guy back in because you're indecisive. Now Ford has done a great job of becoming decisive and hitting a hole and they need to give him the ball more than they are right now. Don't give the ball. I mean, you can give the ball to cream hunt, 
but you need to be relying on Jerome Ford. He is your guy, not Kareem Hunt. Jerome Ford is your guy mm -hmm. when he can hit a hole. Yeah, the, well, they, gave offense, him, they gave it to him nine times last week. Nine. Nine? Uh, I'm not, I mean, nine. That means between the two of them, they got about 20 carries, right? No. No, Kareem didn't get to, let me look it up, but I think they had under 15. Well, the, the whole idea of the outside zone is to create a numbers advantage in the box. So if you do have eight people in the box and you have somebody that can hold the backside defender, you can create a seven on seven or a seven on six advantage by just through the scheme. That's the point of the outside zone offense. Okay. 16, excuse me, 16 so, total carries between um, Jerome so eight and, and seven. Kareem. Nine, yeah, nine, nine and seven. seven, nine and seven. Yeah, I mean, that's I, I, I do. I just think the Browns, and I think you're right on this one respect. The Browns need to come out and play, run the football, throw if you have to, football, and let your defense take care of the situation. I mean, Stefanski has to understand that this is a defensive football team, and he will not be able to scheme them a touchdown. Well said. Yeah, that's exactly my point that, you know, if you do these these things, everybody actually fandom says, oh, we got to be aggressive and take chances, throw the ball downfield. And well, if you do that, that's great. But what you're also saying is that we're going to accept more turnovers on offense. I do not believe that that's what we need is more turnovers on offense. What we want to do is to win the turnover battle, much like Pittsburgh does. That's how they win games with the world's crappiest offense. They win, and the, they're able to do that because they're generating turnovers on defense, and they're not making them on offense, and they win ugly. They win games that people think they shouldn't win. You know, They don't have the numbers on offense, but they have the numbers on the scoreboard because they don't turn the ball over. And people mm -hmm. can't understand that, but the thing is that turnovers are worth like 60 yards or something like that, especially if they're in the red zone. And so the fact that you've got more yards and passing and rushing, but you put the ball on the carpet uh, two or three times more than the Steelers, well, that's where the deficit comes from. Yeah, you got to play conservative football. And the offense is designed to play conservative football. And there are quarterbacks out there who've won Super Bowls playing conservative football, namely Joe Flacco. Mm -hmm. So you've got the right guy for the offense. The question, I mean, this really is the question that's going to come down to is, can Stefanski show restraint enough to play a conservative game? I remember when Stefanski was, was hired, I went and watched the entire Miami, Minnesota Vikings season. Okay, and every halftime, Zimmer, I forget his name, Mike Zimmer, Zimmer. would come out and mm -hmm. say, we need to stop throwing the football, we need to get back to running the football. And they would come out the second half, and they would run the football, and they would win the game. But that first half, they're throwing everywhere, and then Zimmer goes, basically, chews out Stefanski to start running the football. They come back, and they run the football, and they win the game, because that's who the Vikings were, a defensive team that runs the football and wins ugly. That's what they made themselves out to be. Mm -hmm. Stefanski wanted to throw the ball all over the yard. All right, so then he gets to Cleveland, and that's what he's going to start doing. He's going to start throwing the ball all over the yard. He's got to rein himself in and say, we have to play a conservative game plan. I'm not going to triple mm -hmm. option us into the end zone. 
Yeah, I think a lot of it, you know, is in response to the or defenses. triple reverse. Triple reverse us into the end zone. Oh, triple reverse always works. That's very conservative. Triple reverse us into the end zone. Yeah. The, you know, there's a, the other team is selling out against the run, and we're seeing a lot of eight man fronts, you know, nine man blitzes and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, there are remedies for those, you know, that are called screen passes and run pass options, stuff like that. Uh, yes, those those need to be uh, played. Uh, the The answer is not throw the bomb, throw deep balls, and uh, ignore the run. That is not the response, at least not for this team. Uh, punting is not a terrible play when you're the Cleveland Browns of 2023. If you right, I would agree with that as well. It's not awful. What is awful is turning the ball over and especially doing it early. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to score when you get inside the opponent's 40. You have to. You have to score. Kicking field goal, not a bad thing. Um, Prefer a touchdown, but you have to score. You can't walk you, away with zero because you went for it on fourth down. There you go. Uh, yeah, I think there. I'll push back a little bit that I do believe that with a good defense, the – Analytics say that you should go for it on fourth and one uh, near the goal line, but uh, I'm all for going for it on fourth down. I'm all going if you're at the one, then just go for it, okay? Because if you can't make that, then you just don't deserve to win the football game. Just just go for it. But you can't get at the 35 and got fourth and three and decide to go exactly for it. because at that you're, point you've got to kick a field goal. Yes, because you may not have that chain reaction of events that will result in a touchdown but you can score with a field goal kicker and our guy has the range. So kick the field goal mm-hmm. that, that I agree with totally in our situation where we think that we can beat the other team with uh, just a few uh, field goals. We should kick those field goals and not think that yeah. we're going to need a million points in order to win. Right. Instead, the, instead of the offense's goal being let's score a bunch of points, the offense's goal needs to be let's run the clock. Run the clock. Yeah. Try run to run the score. clock. Whatever way we need to run the clock. Either it's short passes, if it's running the football, we and, and you got to get first downs. So yes, get some first you downs. Can be creative within a five yard zone. Just don't run those stupid triple option reverse craps. Nobody runs those things well in the team. I can see a jet sweep do that, but those fucking, I'm sorry, those uh, <laughs> reverses and crap, just stop it. Just stop it. It doesn't work. Just stop it. Yeah, we need another commercial break, John, right there. Uh, <laughs> edit that part out. Edit that out. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the. Well, All right, well, Ellie, let's, let's get our last words in here before we go. We're, we're buttoning up on time. Yeah. So, what what's your final comment? Just gain a few yards, don't turn the ball over. It's okay to punt, kick a field goal, and if you can get a touchdown, great. But let's not be fixated on taking chances on remote possibilities that you might score a touchdown and don't design your offense around that. Yeah, you're not gonna scheme your way into the end zone. Yeah, no wacky plays. I mean, other teams know that's what you got. I mean, I, I just think Stefanski is a good coach who 90% of the time calls a good game and he's got his teams ready to play. They're there. They're, you know, and the thing we're talking about with the play calling isn't like, 
let's go fire Stefanski or let's go make no. somebody else call the place. No, we're not firing. It's a matter Stefanski. of, hey, look, you just got to adapt to your situation. And I know he's got in his head that he wants to run this high-flying, high-powered offense, but that's not what you need in 2023. In 2023, you need three yards and a cloud of dust. Yes, we don't have that guy to run that offense. He's injured. Yeah, so. so. All right. Hey, everybody, thanks for checking us out. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Cleveland Browniacs. Please like and follow us on Spotify and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Go Browns!